0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Boness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on
1: Facebook at Riverview Boness.
0: So, over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be looking at our vision and our values at Riverview Church, and I think it's of such high importance that we're actually going to linger here for about six weeks, and and during that time, I I intend to make it really clear to you what our horizon is, what is off in the distance uh, as we look out, Um, and of course, what our expectations are of ourselves as we move towards that horizon, so that is what January and February is all about. Now, these things are no secret; they've they've been uh, spoken of before. The vision, the values. Uh, we've had a, a members' evening, uh, where we uh, fellowship evening, where we kind of outlined those initially. But that was a little rushed because you're we trying to get a whole lot into one evening. Uh, and the other thing is that if these things are held as important to us, then then we need to keep coming back to them. We need to keep making sure that we're kind of on track uh, with that. But what is vision? When it comes to churches, as well as when it comes to business, if you ask a hundred different people what is vision, you will get a hundred different answers. Uh, And and everyone says their answer is correct. So we're not going to do that, but we're equally, we're not going to explore the topic of what is vision uh, today. What I'm going to do is more specifically talk about what our vision is for this time, at this moment, what we feel God has laid on our hearts. But because it would be helpful, as a kind of footnote, let me just clarify that our working understanding at Riverview Church is that vision is destination. Vision is where we are headed. That is our working definition. Now, destination is something that you often don't see from the starting block. And really, vision becomes about being able to see something that is invisible to the naked eye. Okay? So we're asking you to kind of get excited about something that's not in our windscreen at the moment. Sure, if I I walk from here to the back of the church and that's my destination, then that's simple. Because I can visualise it, I can see it, I, I can see any obstacles in the way, I, I can keep my eyes open, I'm not likely to trip over Derek or anything like that, unless he sticks his foot out, because he's a naughty boy. Uh, and I, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, but even if i I set out from this platform and decide that I'm going to walk home, I can, I can still kind of see that, because I'm familiar. I know what my front door looks like. So I know kind of what to expect when I get there. And I know which roads I would walk down. I know where I have to cross. I know where I have to be careful. Particularly at the end of this road where you're trying to go directly across. (laughs) It's lethal, isn't it? But even then, I can kind of see, I can visualise where I'm going. But maybe at some point you've set out into an unknown place that you've not been before. And that's a bit more tricky. You you might have a, a vision of it in your mind's eye. You know that kind of expectation versus reality thing, when I'm going on holiday and my mind is all like lounges and <laughs> swimming pools and beaches and sangrias or you know, margaritas or whatever and just like enjoying the rest and then you get there and you find that uh, somebody's already like claimed the sun lounge with their towels <laughs> they've all been claimed and you can't get a lounger. Anywhere. And then you go to get your margarita and it's actually just a watered down kind of mixy-up juice. You know. It's not ideal. Sometimes it's more tricky because we haven't walked that way before. I can imagine it, but I can't see it. Uh, I can still have an idea of what the destination might look like in my mind. What we're really aiming for today is for you to be able to see something that is currently invisible to the naked eye. Something that currently is not physical reality in our church or in Boness. I, I want to paint a picture for you and get it as clear as possible so that none of us gets five years down the line and feels like we've been missold our PPI. All right. How many of you have had a text or a phone call in the last year? Have you had PPI? I don't know. Brilliant. Um, I did chase one of those once. It was like going down a rabbit hole, you know. It's all these little warrants, and in the end, I came out with nothing anyway. It's just not <laughs> worth it. Um, anyway, I equally don't want you to end up feeling like you got on the wrong train, because that can be a horrible feeling. When when you've got to the station, you've rushed, you've made it, you've got onto the train just as the whistle's being blown, and then you have that sinking sensation as you realise I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> I don't want you to have that sensation. Now, the reality is that, that some of you won't come the full distance with us. And that's okay. For for a variety of reasons. That's absolutely fine. But I want you to know which journey you're on from the outset. You know, if you're going from Edinburgh all the way down to London, Victoria, or whatever station it is in London, there are going to be stops along the way that you could get out at, like Doncaster. I don't know who would want to get out there, but you could get out at Doncaster or Hull or Newcastle. There's a a multitude of stations you'd stop at. And it's okay. I just want you to be aware of the direction of travel um, so that you're not on the wrong train from the start. I want you to know why we will be doing what we will be doing. I want to make that really clear for you. So without labouring the point, let me get right into it. And some of you have heard this before a few times. Here it is, bear with me if you have, because I'm going to bring some light to this today. Our vision is for a kingdom community. Now, perhaps that seems a little bit obvious to you. Perhaps it seems so 1980s, you know, the house church movement and stuff like that. Or perhaps it seems that it is as it should be. It's a bit obvious. That's how church should be. That's how town should be. Or Maybe there should be every church's vision to, to see a kingdom community grow. The truth is, uh, this probably has been repackaged a million times throughout the history of the church. But I want to be clear, we're neither looking to rebuild what was known as Christendom in the past, nor create an edgy new interpretation of the outworking of church. We're not trying to do either of those two things. Okay. All we want is to be obedient the leading of Father God Amen. in our lives and in our church we want to see the kingdom of the King of Kings take hold of boneless like never before with all of his transformative redemptive restorative power being outworked here his the issue community is broken look around you community is broken modern society is losing the concept of community. It's being increasingly lost. Individualism is a global phenomenon, almost universally promoted in philosophy. To heck with everybody else as long as you're okay. Mm. As long as you're happy. Mm. With the caveat, of course, as long as I'm not hurting anyone. That's that's the caveat that people attach. As long as you're happy and not hurting anyone, do what pleases you. Do what you want to do. That doesn't fly. Because to be selfish, individualistic, and self-absorbed is always costly to someone else. Always. One of the arguments that I've heard this for is for the issue of things... And this used to be the go-to sin from the platform, but... Bear with me. Pornography. It's rife around the world and in the church. And the argument that I've heard time and time again is it's not hurting anyone. It's not like I'm going out there and physically abusing somebody or being predatory in the way that I behave physically. Therefore, it's okay. You back off. You have no right to tell me that this is wrong. That's what society says. And even when society and government is trying to to
1: reduce the
0: issue of pornography, actually, the whole current in society is pushing for it to be more acceptable, for it to be more available. It's your right. That's the way it's put. As long as you're not hurting anyone. But what about those girls or boys that are in those images or films? you're hurting somebody. Every time you're self-absorbed, you're hurting somebody. Every time you're selfish, every time you choose individualism, you are hurting somebody else. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. And it's one that the clevers of society choose to ignore. Mm -hmm. Every time. Even in the things that seem mundane and trivial, even in my own home, When I want something my way, somebody else is affected. Now the classic one, because I was trained as a chef, is that I'll see Jess cooking and I'll go, "You should get the pan hot first. (laughs) Makes better steak. (laughs) Like, that's me. I want my steak done this way, and therefore you should do this in order to fulfill what I want for myself. That is costly to Jess, because yes, I might be right, am. It's alright, she's in the other room. That's what podcasts are for. I could be in trouble in about three days' time.
1: Anyway, I'll just go with it.
0: It costs (laughs) because what it says is I don't value that you're skilled enough to do what I want you to do here. It's costly. In society, people live further apart than they used to. They often live and work in two different locations. They commute. You know, that's why, actually, if Bowness could get a proper station, this town would grow very quickly because it's an ideal commuter town for Edinburgh. If they could just link up the transports, this town would explode. Because it's a lot cheaper than trying to go to Leithgo And nicer. <laughs> anyway. People even drive many miles to church. And that's not a criticism, by the way. It's just an observation. When I was at Sunny Hill and Paul, we, we were a large church in such a a kind of conglomerate society. Um, it was a, a conurbation. You have Bournemouth Pool and Christchurch. So effectively, you've got this big city. And you'd get people driving all the way from one side right the way over to the other just to go to church because they like that church. But, and I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not criticising that, but community is about being where you're at. First and foremost, it's about serving where you're at. As a church, even if you don't live in town, and as I will say it again, I'm not criticising that, even if you don't live in town, it's your heart for town. It's your heart for town. That's the critical thing. Are you prepared to do ministry here? Are you prepared to reach out here? Are you prepared to be part of a growing kingdom community here? And that, if you say, no, actually I should probably do something where I am, that's fine, bless you honestly, because God needs kingdom communities grown in every town. The longer they work longer hours, they work under more pressure and stress, and overall people are more suspicious and fearful of each other than ever before. Rich and comfortable people actually live in poverty of fear and anxiety. There isn't a fence that you can build to make yourself feel safe. Donald Trump, there isn't a wall that you can build to make yourself feel safe. All you do is you put division into community, and that is absolutely the opposite of what the gospel requires. Doors are locked, hearts are numbed to so the pain that is on our doorsteps. We no longer have to deal with the awkward, the dirty, the quirky, the downright weird of society because we can simply walk on by. We can close ourselves off as much as possible with our own select little spheres. We can choose who our friends are and they don't even have, have to be physical spheres anymore. They can be virtual. I mean, how ridiculous is that? But here's a confession. A few years back, I got into a game on my iPad. It was an online game and it was a Star Wars one. That's no reflection on why I'm out of why I asked my to pre Star Wars that really But, and, and I got into this game and then I realised I was quite good at it. And the weird thing is, I recognised how quickly you can get addicted to a game. Mm-hmm. It's not even reality. But the, the weirdest thing is, and this is why I came out of it, that there was a community of people in my clan that would chat to each other like they knew each other. And they became like, a system of support for one another. If somebody's parent died, or something like that, they'd, they, they wouldn't go and find physical people to comfort them. They would come to their clan forum. How sad is that? <coughs> that you, you don't even need to be have physical relationships anymore. You, you can just go online and have whatever friends. How many of you have more friends on Facebook than, than you have in real life? It's ludicrous. I've got... <coughs> I've got in excess of 500 friends on Facebook. I mean, come on. I'm not that popular. It's just that every time you meet somebody, you're like, oh, I like you on Facebook. Well, you know, let's link up my friends on Facebook now. It's not a real friendship. If you poke somebody on Facebook, you're just sending them a little thing, a little gift that says, i poked you. You know, if you go poking somebody in real life, you're going to get a punch on the nose. You know, there's a difference here. I think people know this. And actually, when you peel back the layers, they mourn the loss of society. They mourn the loss of community, of personal connection, the breakdown of society. And yet, at the same time, they, and sometimes we, keep promoting and drinking the very poison that is eroding community away. Mm. Now, there is a real effort in towns like ours, and in our town, actually, to regenerate the communities To some degree, they're finding success. And I'm sure that you've noticed that Bonass is looking a little fresher downtown. There's some new shops and cafes and restaurants popped up. They they look great. They're really nice. There's some sculptures and and stuff like that that are popping up around the place. Just trying to say, hey, here we are. We're serious. We love our town. And things have been happening. and, And they've been planned for. They've been fought for. They've been developed. And I applaud that. I honestly applaud that. I think the work that the community council is doing and other groups is fantastic because they're trying to say, let's put something back here that's been lost. I applaud it because they're trying to improve the quality of life in this town and others like it. But while this does improve the physical town and it does probably impact something of the quality of life here also, it has one clear unseen flaw. It cannot, in and of itself, transform a mindset, an assumed identity, that has in the core of itself the notion that, this is me. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? Mm -hmm. And there's that song, this is me. You know, I'm not gonna sing the whole lot to you because it's about you, would leave. It's a wonderful song, it's really rousing. You really feel like, whoa, yes, I wanna belt that song. In fact, a lot of songs in that film, they're belters. (laughs) They're great. Andrew Lloyd Webber would have been proud of them, but the narrative behind those songs, it's awful. This is me. Deal with it. This is me. Don't challenge this. This is me. You have no right to tell me to be different. Accept me as I am. And if you don't agree with the way I live my life, then you hate me. You're a hater. That is that this is me, society? <laughs> society says this Protect yourself, look after your own. The kingdom says, Be vulnerable, look after the orphan, the widow, and the foreigner. Society says, Build walls. Kingdom says, Build bridges. Society says, Show strength and power. Kingdom says, His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Society says, you're worth it. Kingdom says, he alone is worthy, and we find our worth in him. Society says, look at me, I'm important. Kingdom actually says, I'm valuable, and I'm loved. I'm valuable. Society says, I must increase. Kingdom says, he must increase, and I must decrease. Society says, truth is relative. This is my truth. What a ridiculous statement. It's like if I go out and murder somebody and I get caught for it, and I say to the detectives, I didn't, this is my truth, you can't challenge that. If I don't believe I killed him, then you can't punish me for it. Ridiculous. This is my truth. Kingdom says truth is not a Pokemon card that you can swap out with your mates when you don't want it anymore. Society says I want it all and I want it now. Kingdom says give everything up and hold it loosely. Society says I can identify as whoever I want. Kingdom says my identity is found in Christ. Amen. Society says, find your own path. Kingdom says, surrender to him and be led. Amen. Society cannot deal with sin and restoration. Right. However great our intentions are, you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The result is that in trying to protect protect and resource our individual interests, we lose out on the wonder and the security. Of a community ordained by God and with its origin in the very nature of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, perfect community. If you want to see community, look at the Trinity of God. Perfect relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That's the blueprint for all of our relationship to Him and to each other. Perfect unity. Acts 2 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to sell your houses and put it into the church. It's more the heart behind it that we see. They sold their property and possessions to give To anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In, In the early church, believers met in each other's homes. They welcomed strangers. They shared their resources for the benefit of the whole family. They did this sacrificially. They did it gladly, knowing that they too would benefit from this structure. And that ultimately, they were co-labourers with Christ in building his church. Have you ever noticed how every model, politically, is flawed? Capitalism. It sounds great, but it's flawed. Marxism, communism, socialism, they are all flawed. Some of them sound great on paper. That's why people went for Marxism. Because it sounds like it's everyone having everything in common, sharing out, nobody more than another. Actually, we don't belong to any otherocracy than a theocracy. God is our king. So everything then comes from him, for him. Some people will be rich financially, and that's okay. Because God has called that for them. Some people will be poor financially but I guarantee you they'll be richer somewhere in their life. Guaranteed. They did this knowing and witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit in their everyday lives. So we want to see community restored. A kingdom community is more than a gathering on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. It's more than a social gathering. It's more than being about me uh, and what can I get from it it's more than that. Kingdom community is more than that. If you can't put in, you can't take out. If you can't deposit, you can't withdraw. At its core, kingdom community is about being family. By nature, families, regardless of, uh, they remain family regardless of the quirks and failings of its members. And you can have great disagreements in your family You might not speak to each other for years and years and years. You might disown each other completely, but you can't change the fact that you're family. My sister will always be my sister, no matter what I think about the way she lives her life. My brother will always be my brother, no matter how much I disagree with him, no matter how passionately we see things differently. He will always be my brother, no matter what I say in the heat of the moment. Always my brother. And that church is something that we need to get into our heads because this family is more real than the actual blood family that we have. More real. Because this family exists for eternity. Whereas the blood family that you have, that is until you are no longer on this earth. You'll always have that connection, of course, while the earth is still as it is. But its days are limited. Your real family, your. Oh, I want to say something really careful here because people through history have taken us too far. And I watched a series this week on the BBC, you might have seen it, about David Koresh and Waco. That's taken it too far. When I'm talking about a kingdom community, that is not, categorically, not what I'm talking about. We are not going to make ourselves a little huddle that will just look after each other and to heck with everyone else. That is not what we're talking about. We might disagree with each other loudly at times, but we remain family. We often often speak poorly of each other. We often hurt each other. We often lead with criticism and let the positives come later on, or even just assume that the person will already know the positives. Don't ever assume that. Don't ever assume that. Lead with encouragement. Lead with encouragement every time. Lead with the positive every time. If you can't do that, you need to grow up in Christ. And I say that with love. You need to grow up in Christ. If you can't lead with the encouragement first. But you will get it wrong. Because I do. And you're no different. And and quite often I'll come out with the I'll come out with the criticism first. It goes back to this thing of individualism because I want it wrong. And so I see something that displeases me and therefore I will leave with that. Please, if I've done that to you, please forgive me. We can't break our intrinsic family ties. In Christ we're a family. It's as real, as I've said, as the blood that we share. And the beauty of that, it's messy, it's painful. Sometimes it's horrible, but the beauty of it is it's safe. It's safe. You see, my marriage—I made a commitment to Jess that I would be family with Jess, and there's, there's been times, of course, where she winds me up. So I at said the other room. I'm sure there are. Oh, there's a collective sucking and a of all The women in the room. How is it? There's also a million ways where I've wound her up. And yet, I've made a commitment to her. Whether, whether I fancy you in 10 years' time or not, physically, I'm committed to you. Whether, whether my life works out the way that I thought it should, whether you're being the wife that I had in my imagination before I married you, I'm committed to you. And I'm committed to loving you. And what I mean by that is, I'm not just going to wait till you get home and go, love you. And or use that as a way of getting things like I oh, want dinner. I love you. Can
1: you make
0: some food? No, my love for Jessica is shown in my action, repeatedly, daily, as a habit. How do I reveal <coughs> to her that she is valuable, that she is precious, that she is my my queen, my princess, that I adore her? That's love. Preacher. Thank you. <laughs> and in Christ we can't divorce now I'm not again I'm not saying something about the physical world here and I wouldn't judge somebody who's been through divorce please understand that what I'm saying is that you and I cannot divorce from one another because we don't like each other there's the safety there's the security we have to make it work we have to come before the Lord. And if we're having a difficulty with each other, we have to. We have to. We have to confront that head on, painfully as it is, and we have to work it out. And we might get to the point at the end of that where we say, you and I still disagree. Maybe profoundly. But I love you. And I'm committed to you. How many of you have been married and you've had a chance to walk away at some point? How many of you have got to that point where it was, it was literally hanging on the thread of one or two words? You say these two words, things move forward well. You say these two words, it's over. How many of you have got to that point? If you haven't yet in your marriage, you will. You will. But, but there's something really special about choosing the right two words and going forward. You know, the times when Jess and I could have gone our separate ways and we chose to stay together, they were times that really locked us in together. Made us really value each other more. Same in this room and in this community of Bonass. Can you imagine if this was the narrative for Boness at large? If Boness was a place of kingdom community, then Boness is a good place to live. It's a place where the churches are in unity. Different congregations, styles and leaders come together. And they recognise family, so that instead of having our clan, we recognise the value in each other. You know, I'm not a traditional church kind of person, I, I, I don't wear a tie in church, I, I, I don't really, I grew up with robes and bells and smells and things like that, but I don't, it's not my thing. But there's value in it, because every one of you is different. Every person in this town is different, and for some of you, you want to be in here with the guitars, you want to be in here with the, 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 the worship songs, you want to be in here with the style that we have, and some of you want to be in a church, or hopefully not you guys, but some people in this town want to be in a church where it's a lot more reflective, a lot more quiet, a lot more hymns, a lot more organ perhaps, or, or you know, choirs, whatever, and that's okay. God made chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream, and some of us have preference, that's Okay. But we're still family. And we still honour and love one another. Compliment one another rather than competing. A bonus is a place, imagine this, where Jesus is so known in the streets that you can just have a chat in the middle of Tesco's. Somebody you meet in Tesco says, oh, I've had a bit of a struggle this week. Okay, let's just pray. Mm-hmm. Arm around them in the fish aisle. <laughs> and say, Lord, come and move in this person's life. Unafraid. A place where he's loved and desired and honoured and glorified. Imagine if there was one Christian family on every street in this town. Imagine that. That would be a good vision. And then when you hit that, why not have two Christian families, three Christian families, the whole street, for goodness sake. Imagine that. Because that's where our vision lies. Bonus is a place where people grow in love and faith. We're not just putting on church so that we can feel good about our traditional kind of thing that we grew up in or whatever. We, we have church because we want to grow and change. Mm-hmm. And I am coming to a close now. I have gone on a bit. Please forgive me. It's not on service today. Because we put Jesus first and he increases and we decrease. We become more like him. Selfless, selfless and sacrificial. And, and bonus is a place, a staging place for people to go. Activated disciples. People who grow and then people who go. Maybe they go across the street. Maybe they go to Zimbabwe. But they go. Because that's what mature believers do. They make disciples. They might not even be aware they're making disciples, but they have impact in lives. I'm really sorry to embarrass you, Margaret. You have had an impact on my life. So you've played a part in discipling me through your servant heart. Okay, Because you are a believer who is uh, mature in the belief in the spiritual sense, and you are still growing. I see that, and that encourages me. You are making a disciple out of me through that. Okay, That's the same across the room. This vision will impact everything that we do. The songs that we sing, the groups, the events, the things that we resource. Everything. The way that we come together, but also the way that we go out. Everything. Everyone active. And there's going to be more over the weeks in the way of structure and plan and how we get there. But at this stage, I just want to say two things. And this is really it. The two things that we are really committed to doing in order to get to that vision of a kingdom community. So you need structures in place. For now, this is what I want to put at your doorstep. That we are about planting churches. We are not about making this a church that fits three, four, five hundred people in this building. Because every time you get through a threshold, 50, 100, 150, 200, every time you get through that, you lose something of the closeness. And, and I think that's something that you guys have. You have, even for newcomers, a sense of family here, where people come in and go, Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, if we become a church of 300, that is going to be really difficult to maintain. So, here's our model. This is what we intend to do as a leadership in this church. When we get to about 60-70% capacity here, we're already thinking about who to take as a little nucleus to plant to some other place in town. We're not talking about Grangemouth or Falkirk or you know, wherever else. In town. Because I would rather, and this is a big number, and this isn't actually our vision, it's just to put it into some perspective. I'd rather have uh, 10 churches of 100 people Mm -hmm. than have one church of 1,000. So, our model will be planting churches. And and kind of, we need to be praying about locations, we need to be praying about the right people, people to come and build with us. You know, over the last few months, we've grown. uh, We've grown a lot with people who've come from. outside of town, ready-made believers, you know. And that's okay, because we need them. We need them to build with us. But but actually what we want our growth to come from is from this community, Mm -hmm. raising up people who are not in the faith just now. The ones who aren't here yet. That's what we want, but we need people to build with us. So keep praying for those right people. And the other thing is that we're growing, equipping and releasing leaders to pastor those churches and beyond. Today, we've been able to start a little, a small little declaration of intent today. Andrew, welcome. Eddie, if I could just ask you to come up and um, um, we're just going to bring our, our meeting to the close and bring our...